Welcome, 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 everyone, to Adventures into Reality on this Monday, the f- April. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is April. The 11th of April, 2016. <laughs> and I am once again joined by my international co-host, Kathy Ma. Hello. Again, it is fantastic to be here. Such a beautiful day as well. Yes, and you are still getting frost in your springtime over there. I know. It's uh, disappointing in that I'd had packed away a lot of my winter stuff. (laughs) (laughs) But it's okay. I can see the sun again today, so I'm hopeful that we'll be having nice weather very soon. Lots of people right now are doing their their plant starts and getting their gardens ready, and uh, I will be doing the same. But just uh, on a side note, this, this upcoming weekend... Um, it's going to be very rough for a lot of people that have not been doing their due diligence and spiritual work. Um, things have been set up into our world where every few months there's this rug that gets pulled out of un- from out from under everyone that um, thinks in the hardest of their hearts they're doing as much as they could possibly do. But in reality, they're not actually creating something of self-protection, self-healing, and self-nurturing. They're using a television show as a proxy for self-healing and self-nurturing. Or they're using their RC car habit as a proxy for not dealing with something else. So if you have something that's acting as a proxy for you not developing yourself or or in, in any other metaphorical expression, this weekend, you need to be prepared. And I'm absolutely serious. And I rarely, rarely bring up this fear subject because this is one of those moments where everyone has to acknowledge their sovereign I am self and begin to do things with it individually, separate of having it watch a television show with you, separate of it going out and fishing with you, separate of you ignoring its presence in the ever-present moment, waiting for you to enter the frequency of no time in self-prayer format. You have to give directions to your reality. This last equinox, this system of domination and control, the negative controllers of this world, tried to upload a program. And this is the weekend they tried to do their next layers of rituals to see what is sticked stuck through the propaganda of mass media, through the esoteric practices practiced subtly within our entertainment industry, so on and so forth. This is the weekend you resist. Resist the temptation of anger. Resist the temptation of greed or any other of the seven deadly sins that leads you into a different frequency. It is your sovereign right to explore this I am self and all of the wonders that it has in the physical world and the dream world. Wow. So apart from separating ourselves from these, let's call them crutches that we've been using and preparing for the weekend, on a practical level, what else can people do? The most practical level first is to put on your schedule on this Monday or tomorrow that that weekend you have to make sacred. You have to define to your reality what you want in it and what you don't want in it. This is like in a metaphor, a Windows update that's coming, and you can't turn this update off, okay? (laughs) And it's going to be downloaded into you unless you (laughs) click the no button. (laughs) Oh, so there's no little quiet download in the background then. (laughs) Yeah. This is the weekend where the pop-up says, do you accept this reality? Click yes to keep going on with the system predicting and making your future and click no if you don't want to be a part of the system. Mm. 
So and that if, means that, sorry, go on. And if you no answer is a yes. Mm. So would that mean that the, the, the ideal scenario for most of us this week would be to sit down and write a list of things that we want to create and want to continue with? And what you so don't that we're more focused. As well as what you don't want in your life. Oh, a list of the just don't as, Just as much as the don't wants. Mm. And this is in your common life. It's going to start. I don't want to be caught in traffic. I don't want to have my triggers um, worked on by people that I work with in the office. I do not want the news or the television to occupy most of my, my awake time. You know, mm. I don't, again, you have to truly give definition here because you're the one that's writing the rules now. Mm, so the more specific you are, the better. Exactly. Mm. Does this need to be out loud in front of a ceremony? That would be nice. That would be doing your due diligence on that weekend where you know the update's coming and you're going to say, no, my answer is no, I do not agree, instead of no answer actually acts as a yes. Mm. If you ignore it, it, it can count you as a yes. Oh, okay. So what can some of us do that, you know, like you say, the best to do it with ceremony? If, if we're like living in an apartment, you know, in town, we wouldn't have access to a fire, you know, like the traditional sense. You have a, 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 most apartments have kitchens that have mm. some form of heat. Mm. At that point, you have to realize you need to add elements to your, to your space that you're going to be doing your work in. So the first element will be water in whatever form of heat that you're going to use to boil water. And you're going to grab you know, the biggest pot that you have and put your temperature on medium and as cold water as possible right from the tap. Even add some ice cubes to it. And I want you to put prayers into it. Read all of the contract revocations to it. Read all of your own personal journals to it so that it has two or three hours of your occupied time when it is going from the coldest water to water that's just about steaming. So at a medium heat on most, on most stoves that are out there, ice cold water will be steaming in about 20 minutes. Mm, okay? That's so very that 20, good. In that 20 minutes is where you have your opportunity to do your personal alchemy. This is where you could have other objects that are prepared that are going to go in it. These are called prayer ties, where you are tying a moment in time and you are using something to impress a singular positive message of victory to yourself. These are known as victory ties. In these particular prayer victory ties, you are putting into the water at the time that it's the coldest. So as the energies that you put in there are opening up to the temperature of the water, it is also radiating back to you, the person that is putting more prayers into it. Little pits of uh, crystals can go also at the bottom that you've done prepared work before, which is calling in your guides, your guardians, your angels, all of those beings that support your spiritual travel that goes on. This is where you see this weekend as an agenda just like spring cleaning, the entire garage, the entire porch, the entire backyard is going to get clean. Ooh, that sounds amazing. So, with these ties, what do, I am unfamiliar with them. What exactly do you do? So you you take something like a, like like an object you're going to impress energy to. Let's say it's um, a bundle of of straw or hay, so it's kind of long. 
mm-hmm. and you're going to hold it in next to the next to your your heat and your energy or before that and you're going to read contracts revocations put prayers into it and then when you're done you're going to take a little fine string and tie it together and knot it off when you're done giving that energy some people put 9 or 10 or 11 knots in it they're saying that there's 9 10 or 11 specific single prayers in that in that prayer tie and it can be anything it's just as long as you can put a string around it and tie it and seal it mm-hmm. once you've sealed it with that tie you have de- dedicated that energy and that object to radiate and illuminate that energy for you wow so you can put these things into the water and let them boil so Many people out there, food is the most obvious obvious thing that you can use. Celery, you can do this too. Lettuce, you can do this. You can make bunches out of it. Because ultimately, the end of making the soup, you're, you're, this, this water that you're intending to boil and put prayers into, you're going to spread it around your property, around the outside of your building. And if you are in an apartment building, you can give this to your plants that live there because you can put it in the refrigerator and save it like a battery. Wow, that's amazing. Okay. So the volume that you want, the volume, does it matter if you make 10 gallons or one gallon? Not really. It's about what you're going to do with it. Mm. Okay. How are you going to integrate it to your future that that planned day of an agenda of, of saying no to the system and yes to myself, how are you going to integrate that to your future being? Hmm. You know, some people have, you know, two acres and they may need the whole the whole pot, you know, to spread it around in certain places in the area. And others will go right to the end of their driveway because that's all that they really can do. It's a small house, no nothing in the backyard and pour it on the end of the driveway. Mm. Okay. Wow. That, that's, uh, just listening to that seems to just resonate with me. It makes so much sense and it's something that anyone can do. Anyone can do. Hmm. It's a question if you, whether or not you want to make the effort, isn't it? Which then goes back to yourself. Do you want to have that change in your life or are you just going to sit with your own status quo and keep on going? Uh-huh. And this weekend is that weekend where if you aren't going to do anything, it's going to be brutal. And I mean brutal. B-R-U-T-A-L. <laughs> I'm getting my pot. <laughs> right. And if you can't do the the pot, I mean, that's the most simplest way. The Mm -hmm. other way is to just get out there in nature for a few hours where you begin to say, no, I don't agree to this system. I don't agree to the corruption, to the spiritual corruption. And actually say to the system, I am creating change within myself. Mm. I like that. I am creating change within myself. Powerful words. Right, because if you don't create the change, it'll create a static, a static expression of change that never actually elevates anyone to higher consciousness. Mm. It wants us dumbed down and asleep like apes. Mm. And a lot of it is, you know, how much effort are you prepared to put in to have change? I mean, so often we all just, ah, oh, moany, groany, and, you know, don't like what's going on, but don't actually take steps towards inviting change uh, and embracing it so you really need to make a lot of effort within okay. yourself to get those few steps towards change isn't it exactly and then that confronts a lot of people that are very rigid in the way that they do things and this rigidity literally prevents them from seeing alternate sets of choices 
Because what, what is effort? What is true effort to you? Mm. How do you define that word, word in the physical world, in the, unta- in the intangible world? Yes. Uh, <laughs> okay. Talk about calling people out, isn't it? Right. Ooh, uh, yeah. <laughs> effort is what you went through the last weekend when your, when your father-in-law passed away. Mm. That's effort. Mm. Yeah, that's yes. effort. You had to deal with everything that was around you. Mm. So if people have a, a part-time spiritual life, what is effort putting into it? You can compare it to the, the, the metaphorical scale, Kathy's father-in-law passing on versus your daily weekend, am I going to pray this weekend or not? Mm. That's no <laughs> effort, really. Yeah. And you yeah. have to see that as no effort. If mm. you're a weekend prayer warrior, you have to figure out how to start doing it in the weekdays. How to start carving out your time-based schedule so the slave job does not own you. In the past, when industrialization took over, it was the 40s and the 50s, they were still working six days a week, but they still went out and played. They still went out to the lakes. They still figured out how to do things that connected them to their own past so that the present being can be full of creation, inspiration, and making dreams come true. That is truly what effort is. When you look into your heart of hearts and you know the difference between longing and actualizing your desires. Mm. You know, you've brought up an excellent point. You know, years ago when there wasn't all this electronic easy stuff like TV, radio, internet, people made a lot more effort to integrate themselves into their own lives and other people's lives and create things because it was, you know, it's either that or sit at home and do nothing. Whereas nowadays, you know, by the time we get home, but turn on the telly, ooh, I don't like that program, I watch it anyway. You almost do anything to distract yourself so that you don't have to do anything, which therefore, no creativity, no deep thoughts about me, my existence, where am I going? Mm I have to say, even I fall into that trap a lot. You get home. Oh, oh. me too. Me too. <laughs> like, oh, is times... that a new series? <laughs> exactly. Oh, is that a new series? You know, there, there are times that the radio shows, all the private recordings that are done in the private sessions, at the end, I want nothing to do with spiritual. I want to shut the talent off and just be. Because I've been doing it eight hours a day for the last six days for the last seven weeks. Mm. You know, You know, people... People want to exchange with with what it is that I'm doing, but when I'm not on air and I'm not doing what it is that I do, I try to do it as little as possible. And then there are times that it just creeps in because it's so much a part of my life. I live at the the far side of the pendulum of the spirit, looking back at people that are still swinging on the very, very smaller pendulum of energy. Mm. It is a big personal challenge to be able to turn that off and allow yourself to be free or relax or rest or even just do something else in terms of creativity. It's very easy to fall back into what you've been doing all day or week. Right. You know, in in my expression is a little bit of an extreme, but you you know from personal thing, I, I can't have a cell phone because it never stops ringing. And I mean, never, ever stops ringing. No matter who you're not supposed to give the phone number out, it, they figure out a way. It never, ever, ever, ever stops ringing. And that's one of the things I had to accept. 
And I used to be the person with the highest you know, cell phone, always the top thing out there, until I realized it was taking too much of my life away. Mm. It was interacting with the skill, activating the skill, 10 minutes before the phone even rang. Mm. Yes, I, I totally know where you are with that. Uh, I also find it's the same thing. Even if you have the phone, I just leave it somewhere and walk off for a while because it's just... It's too many distractions. You can't think clearly. You're, you're into a deep thought or you're out there trying to create something or talk to someone and next thing phone rings or, you know, texting or whatever. And you just think, how can you focus? You can't. How can you, how can you have your multidimensional conversation when there's all these things that could trigger your awareness to not deal with what's going on in your multidimensional thinking? Mm. You know, sometimes multidimensional thinking is two separate subjects going on in your mind that you mix together because you know that there's a pattern recognition there. Mm. Okay? Yes. And that's what being a psychic is. You, you know that just as much. You see all these patterns of energy, and you've got to figure out the right starting English so that the patterns unfold in front of you. Mm. Yes, that's exactly how it is. <laughs> However you see it, observe it, it's still a pattern in which you got to translate back to someone that either is going to understand you or not. Yes, yes. <laughs> you either kick up, turn on that auto-translator or you don't. <laughs> exactly. And, and then is their auto-translator on? <laughs> <laughs> is it on the same setting as mine? <laughs> exactly. Is it on English? <laughs> Oh, that's an excellent way to put it. <laughs> All right, so I think it's about time that we take some calls. So, Laura Lee, let the avalanche of phone calls begin. Here we go. <laughs> 347, your name and where you're calling from? 347. Hello. Hello. Hello, your name and where you're calling from? Uh, Chris from New York. Chris from New York. You're 303. That's perfect. So how long have you been listening to the show? Um, since January. Since January. So you're, are you new to Kathy and the material altogether? Yeah, well, uh, actually not entirely. When I first heard you guys speak, everything resonated and uh, it just made so much sense to me and... Uh, yeah, I'm uh, amazed. <laughs> well, what kind of questions do you want to ask today? Um, I think I've got a few. Uh, I'm, excuse me, I'm a little nervous. I was calling and I was just about to give up and it went through. I'm shocked. Well, I guess because Kathy and I were a little wordy in the beginning. <laughs> well, it was great to listen to that. I really got into the uh, revocation idea. I actually put it in my schedule and I'm, I'm definitely going to be doing it with my girlfriend. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So what kind of questions do you want to start with? Well, one, I would like uh, a, a soul family reading or some galactic uh, <laughs> inspiration there. Okay. Um, my, fa I, my family seems to, I get along with my immediate family really well, and it just seems like we might be soul family or are we just separate soul families getting along and making it work. Okay. What is it that you do for a job? Um, massage therapy, I have a center for healing arts uh, with acupuncture, and we actually just got a hydrocolonic machine. I, I, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. You have all this healing energy around you. Um, 
So let me just tune in. What year were you born? 77. 77. All right, so you're... Your first incarnation on Earth was 16,200,000 years ago, and you came from an insectoid work called Gavorin, G-H-A-A-V-O-R-I-N, which is a subsidiary offshoot of the Arcturian people's consciousness exploration um, people. So they're like cousins, cousins to them. And what the Gavorin species insectoids is they're a combination of different insects, but mostly they're the mantoid, mantis-type looking beings. These are the ones that, that fly around in spaceships and are the higher dimensional expressions of other insectoid races. Um, so they have a queen that would be a master egg layer, and that queen is an extremely um, heart-based entity. So anything that's born from a queen's egg is directly connected to the queen's dreaming expression and the queen's dreaming expression is linked to that of the planet in the North Pole. So whenever there is a birth, the North Pole of that planet is in communion and union with the South Pole where the incarnating astral worlds are. So it's as if the planet, the queen, and the astral world are selecting every soul that's going into the egg that will eventually alter the potential future of the entire hive that is sharing heart-spaced communication. And that's the type of being that came here <coughs> to entangle with Earth's timeline genocide processes. Um, the Gavoran species were quite aware that Lemurians were time travels fifty-four time travelers fifty-four million years ago, and at around thirty million years ago is when they understood that the rest of the universe was going to be severely affected by um, the technology of of consciousness and non-consciousness time travel was going to be weaponized in such a way that it was going to truly hinder and alter the spiritual incarnation process that the Gavoran species used, this direct incarnation and through eggs. So what the Gavorans un understood is they needed to create a new form of birthing technology. So they came here to Earth to birth a new type of insectoid species that souls in, hum in the Earth astral worlds can incarnate into and that they wouldn't be subject to the Archon takeover grid of the re on the reincarnation system. So you came here as a physical being, not uh, not as a not as an energy or a soul, as a physical being to seed a brand new type of DNA technology and perform ceremonies and rituals that would actually bond this DNA to the to the surface of the Earth and make it as a direct incarnation insectoid species. Um, and which is this is a, a a version of a a mantis looking ant half ant half mantis um, and there are still representations of it all throughout Asia and India but its genetic process had a beginning a middle and an end it was something that would start like a fuse and as it got to the middle of the fuse a new energy would arose that could allow fifth and sixth density beings in the astral world to directly incarnate into this insect insect in this smaller insect and begin to observe time itself. Because part of the DNA that was in these insectoids made them very resistant to rapid timeline changes that were done by the system creators at that time. So they could watch history fade in and out. Alright, that is our break. Hold on there and we'll be right back. We'll be right back after the break. And welcome back, everyone. Caller, are you there? Yep, I'm right here. 
So, do you have any questions about what I w- what I was talking about with the Gavorans? Uh, the Gavorans. Um, you were saying that they they are from the Octurian system. No, 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 no. They're a hybrid species of the Octurians. The Octurians, as a consciousness exploration be- peoples, 189 million years ago, were um, going from fourth density non time time to non time beings to becoming fifth fifth density light beings in the blue ray spectrum. And they discovered that there were other beings that had made it to the Blu-ray spectrum, but it had not figured out what to do with it yet. There were thousands and thousands of species there. And the, the Octarians figured out how to create technology that allows them to blend streams of lights to hybrid species that were in fifth density. So the Gavorans are at an offshoot of the, of the Octarians who created a technology and allowed other species to come and blend light colors with them to make a whole brand new species. Um, so I was asking about um, the soul family or my present family. I, we get along so well together. We, we actually have a band together. We play all over the place. And um, I'm just wondering about that connection because it doesn't seem like a common one. It's not because that is the insectoid-based communication. Remember I, I said earlier mm. that the, they're connected, the, the queens are connected to the hearts of everything that's ever been born through the egg, and the queen lays all the eggs for the entire species. But there are still male and female expressions in this insectoid community that will go to the queen and, and get an egg, and then they'll put their their version of energetic um, eggs and semen in there and change the light frequency of the egg, and they can choose a soul that they've incarnated with on other worlds, who are different streams of color who can be then be split-stream consciousness, dual-stream consciousnesses. And this means that everyone that you are currently living with and are in that frequency, you have spent in egg time with them in a Gavorin, a Gavorin egg chamber until you came out as a physical being that was, was in that DNA skin suit, still connected to the hearts of that, of that which created the original egg and the mind that was save, save, holding space for the, the being. Wow. And this so is why are. you're a healer this lifetime, too. Because all your little... All, let's, let's just say all of your egg mates, larva mates, are here. <laughs> okay, and then there are also queens on this world that you're you're going to meet one one day, and it may be a guy, it may be a a, a dog, a pug, <laughs> it could be in anything. <laughs> and that one day you will, and you will feel a different connection to that. And I would even say that. When you were younger, in your three, four, five-year-old state, one of your young friends might have been a queen soul, and it's probably what has triggered you to being a healer today, to re-imprint imprint upon your heart. So technically, they're yeah, they're all soul family, but the thing is, can you recognize them in dream world? That is the other side of the Gavoran species. They are extremely powerful dream seers and dream healers. Now, you know, when when species were recovering from war, it is the Gavoran females, non-queens, and their males as bonded male partners would go to other worlds and act as trauma counselors by literally removing the frequency of the trauma from the person but still allowing them to have the memory and the lessons of the memory. 
that resonates on uh, many levels. It seems to happen within my sessions with people. So, what kind of what kind of massage work do you do? Um, I do something based in uh, Chinese medicine, but it's really become my own style. But it's based in uh, kind of like a offshoot of shiatsu with more movement and. I'm very physical and, you know, structured, and I align people, but I'm also very aware of their psychological, emotional states, and I try to guide them into those spaces. And over the last few years, I've been seeing um, things like shadows around people that I've started to kind of get an idea of what I think they are mm -hmm. and uh, been able to clear them, I think. Actually, I would love to get your feedback on that if I am indeed doing that or... Uh, is there some form of delusion going on, or what? You know. So, about how many clients a year do you see? A year? Oh, I see about a hundred a month. Then the easiest question that the answer is for you: you still have a lot to let let, let go of. When you're doing a hundred a month, which is you know pretty much what, what, what the highest layers. I mean, you're like the highest layers there. You have to de de, de basically develop about. 15 hours a month of actual cleansing frequencies. Oh, we lost him. Hopefully he'll be back. Anyways, he can hear off air. So there are a, a lot of things that need to be done, especially when, when dealing with that many clients. You have to have regular ceremonies in which you clear out the frequencies. Something that is very important to do is to grab a client list name and then that client list name, you, you, you name each one out loud at the ceremonial fire and say, I'm breaking all contracts, vows, and agreements. I'm reducing to zero, to negative void, any exchange of energy so that your healing is sealed and complete. Those that are returning for continued treatments, a new form of sacred energy will be opened. But we cannot have 24-7, 365 healing because I still must live my life on the other side where I'm this individuated being, not individuated into all of the 100 clients per month or 1,200 a year that I see. Right. I feel that one. Um, and you have traumas that you've taken on from people. And this is where, where you have to realize the spiritual side of healing people means you get exposed to their pollution. So regular knowledge about how much water you drink during the day, how often you're washing your hands, chart those concepts. Um, make it a part of you know, even the patient stuff. I had to wash my hands five times when I was done there. You know, there was something there. And then having something that can immediately clear out the frequencies. Let's say you're working on a patient and you just know they're going through something bad. Like it's a, you, you get in a part of their body and you just know they're having nightmares, but they're not going to admit it out loud. Mm. I'm sure you get intuitive data like that. Yes, all the time. So when you get to that point, you have to have some form of pre-prepared object. What I recommend is uh, some type of moonshine or alcohol that's, that's pretty potent and you put it in a spray bottle and you spray it over the area and you can use intoning, whistling, humming and, and it will clear out that frequency especially if you've given it preparedness. Alcohol is also known as spirits for a reason and when you impress the energy of clearing and cleansing the frequency, clearing and allowing more of the natural energies, read contract revocations to it you could also do this with the oils that you use for massage. 
you can mix the alcohol and the oil so somebody doesn't realize you're spraying something over them that's alcohol, although it's just scented, scented oils. But in your mind, it has all that preparedness stuff. And then that's something that you can spray into a mist and walk into the center of the mist to help clear out your own frequencies. Is saging uh, as good or not it's as good? just as important. Alcohol is for specific moments in, in scenarios where something bad is there and you need to use it to clear it right immediately because the next patient coming in cannot sit in that. Right. Okay? Saging is where you take out the bigger aggregate score of 100 people a month or 120 people the next month. Okay. So okay. saging could happen once a month in the center. In the center. And this is where you just get a, print out the list of names and do a ceremony that, that, that makes sure all of their healings are sealed and complete. And each one that returned, they have a new healing that is coming to them that will be sealed and completed also. So no energy exchanges are left open. So I, I want to bring Kathy in here real quick to talk about, you know, moving forward with the business because I think there's a tremendous upswell of energy abundance coming to you. Mm. Thank you. Yeah, I agree with that, Andrew. Um, can I ask at the moment, how is it that you operate just on a um, more general level? I give you a center and you put an ad in or is it all word of mouth or? It's mostly word of mouth. Um, I try to keep it a little low-key, um, kind of because I don't put 100% of myself into the business. Um, I've been trying to work on a band that's a passion of mine for years with my family, and uh, it's going well. It's not going as well as I'd like it to, but it is building. Um, but the business has been supporting me for 13 years now, uh, and the band and other projects like that. Mm -hmm. Do you have other people in your center as well, or is it just you? Yeah, both of my sisters teach yoga in our yoga center next door, and um, and uh, yeah, we have a hydrocolonic machine now. I have an acupuncturist who's mm -hmm. uh, I might have to change the acupuncturist, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. I'm actually I'm looking for like that star massage therapist who can take my place here and there or I can teach them, or they can teach me, I don't know. I, I really do need a team to expand so that I can um, pull away from the business a little bit more. Mm. Okay, um, I'm asking you because I'm trying to decipher, I guess, what I see. Um, okay. But so certainly the one of the things that you should consider adding to this center would be a cranial sacral therapist. Mm. Uh, I think that would make a huge, huge impact. Whether or not you yourself wanted to do some of that training or you get someone else. Um, but anyway, let me go back to the beginning. Uh, when I look at your business as a model, let's say, to me it looks like there's not a lot of efficiency. So the way that it generally works out, however you take the bookings and, you know, take appointments, etc. I think you need to try and centralize this a bit better because there seems to be a lot of people that are missing out. Um, I couldn't tell you exactly why that is. It just, to me, looks like it's not an efficient system that you've got set up. So whether or not you have a centralized person dedicated to that or who has access to all schedules, um, one of the things I think that 
all all the people involved, like you, other therapists, um, your sisters teaching, everyone needs to be able to give a schedule that they will not alter. Because once the scheduling is in, there's no, oh, well, actually, I'm not free anymore and and this and that. Because this is very disruptive to people um, that are are contacting and and have expectations. So these are just small things. But when you can get these kind of things sorted out, things run more efficiently. Um, Another thing is I look at you and I, I totally agree with Andrew about all the energies. To me, you've got way too many... Um, energies around you that are not yours and you know when you're doing 100 clients a month that's a lot of energy that's coming in so definitely I agree with the cleansing the grounding um, before and after clients because at the end of the day you have to think about practicality because you can't like have 20 minutes between people just to do cleansing so it's finding a a good way that works for you um, is of paramount importance because when you do more cleansing Um, on a regular basis you will find that you actually have more energy because one of the things you know I look at your energy and you feel not run down but you're like oh you know I just I don't understand why I'm so tired (laughs) I am a little overwhelmed yeah and that's a lot of that is not you it's other people's energy that you've you know it's seeped in and you've taken on board as your own and it's like a little weight every time there's another weight on your back another weight on your shoulder and uh, a distraction so by able by being able to do some of the things Andrew talked about I think you'll find that there's a great difference that you will encounter every day just for yourself um, now to, to go back to the business what I think would be the most efficient way for you to be able to take more time off and produce more money is to add two therapists in actual fact I think there'll be a problem for that because I don't know that you have enough room for that. So that would be something you would have to calculate in your own head, whether you, you know, one of them does mornings, one of them's afternoons. I, I couldn't tell you. That mm-hmm. that would be something that you'd have to look at yourself more in depth. But okay. I think if you had two more, you would find that in terms of income, it would increase. And in terms of your own time management slash stress slash personal time all that would be better for you because you have a very creative mind and you also a very giving person and you would like to give more but for that you need to have more of your own time so that you can rest and that you can develop so that you can create other things that you want to do for people it's a very long-winded cycle in a way because I look at the techniques that you have adapted with the you know, the more um, Asian side and the body work that you're doing. And I really like it. I like what you're doing. But to me, it looks like your work is not complete. You want to go a bit further with it, but because of all these time constraints and then, you know, stress about money, and etc., you're not having time to develop it. I was thinking of acupuncture, but uh, the time and the money is uh, just too much at this time. You will be better served with cranial sacral therapy, and you will in in the four months that it takes you to do uh, combine classes to go to advanced cranial sacral therapy. You will look at acupuncture as a very viable tool, but you can do more as with what's built into your skill set already. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank, you. Thank you. Yeah, so I definitely agree with that. Um, and also, you know, to take your your workplace to another level. 
you have to think about um, delegating because you can't do it all. I and mean, this is another thing because you're such a caring person, you you want to do it all because you you would feel that delegating work to people is unfair to them. When in actual fact, that is not true because by delegating work to other people to create something that you want to create will actually help them and help them create more in terms of financial as well. It's just that you have to try and look at your mindset and think about everything doesn't have to be done by you. For all of you to benefit, all of you have to put in some energy and some work. As a unit, you can achieve more. It isn't all on you. The others have to pick up some slack. I can already tell, I'm telling you these words and you think, oh, that's not the way it is. But <laughs> think about it later. Think about it later. Because no, I, I, I actually agree with what you're saying. I really do. I know. It's, it's just a hard thing, you know. And, and it people, is hard for me. People are also, you know, huh, well, I'm busy. You're like, well, tough luck. <laughs> Make time. Don't be so accommodating. <laughs> right, because right, right. I, I know I can see why you do it. I know why you do it. And it's because you're that nice guy. But you have to do more in that sense to be able to achieve more for everyone. And the minute that you can see them doing stuff, you can relax a bit because they are capable. You just don't realize that they can step up if they need to because they haven't done, it, done so before. So it's, it's just all, you know, a new way to look at it, a new way to do it. Right, right. I, everything um, you're saying resonates. Okay. And then to jump to your other area about the band, to mm. me it looks like you really have to, <clears throat> what is the word, be more organized and focused with what it is that you want to do with your band and your music. Because I look at the music, the way you guys do it, I mean, it is great, but it's like you don't have a focus. Um, so when you play, it's very difficult to draw or attract certain types of crowds because it's too varied. So you need to decide where it is you want to go with it and stick more into one genre, uh, I guess. I don't really, I wish I had more technical words for music for you, but... Um, no, what you're saying makes perfect sense. We're in a very eclectic band, actually. <laughs> you know, well, you got to love eclectic. <laughs> what is the name of the band? Bad Buka. Bad Buka. <laughs> I think also you need to think about where do you want to go with it. I mean, at the end of the day, I look at this band... And you really don't have specific set goals about where you want, want to go. You need to almost write that down and, you know, visualize it, put it in your ceremonies. It's like, what is your goal? Do you want to have, like, 20 gigs a month? Or do you want to, you know, be the big time? Whatever it is, whatever your goal is in, let's say, the next year, you need to be more focused on it because without that clear, exact focus, it's very difficult as a group to try and achieve it. Right. Makes sense. What instrument do you play? Um, mostly guitar, but I play all the instruments. How about drums? Yep, that's a big focus of mine after guitar. We've been through 13 drummers because I'm such a pain when it comes to that. <laughs> to beat and rhythm, I know. <laughs> so, 
what I do is I do about 20 hours of ceremony a month to be able to do my skill set at this skill wow. level. If I were to do less, I would have a very much harsher lifetime, and I would actually scale down the skill that I do. So something you must think about is you got to figure out how you can dedicate eight, five to eight hours per month of actual ceremony time where it is just you and no one else. You dealing with your own issues, you bringing up your victories, you talking about your past so your present can be full of creation and inspiration, talking about the future just as Kathy was, was doing, going through and making organized focused thought in each subject where you put an agenda down weeks ahead of time so that when you sit down actually on your schedule to do your two hours of private ceremony because it's actually on your schedule and somebody put it on there, that you have an agenda to come with. Because if you come with no agendas to these ceremonies, oftentimes you will overlook the most harsh things like dealing with 80 or 100 clients in a month and that all of that psychic pollution is just subtly on the edge of your background. And when you go to let down, it compresses upon you. Mm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So, ha have you ever done fire ceremonies? Uh, yeah, actually, I bought the, the wood and uh, made a pit in my backyard, even though I think it's illegal in New York. And uh, I did one a few weeks ago. Okay. So, summer is coming and in, 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 in you can always enclose fires in, a, in in something to make them legal but most areas it's legal because it's still spring right now um, is that's when their fire bands come on but you, you can go out and set your drums up next to this fire in good weather and literally drum to that fire you may annoy some neighbors you may not you may need to go find some place in the middle of the woods where you can rent for a weekend and you can do that yeah, but you can put that on your schedule so that you can begin to dream about it. Because when you do that drumming session in front of the fire where it is just you and no one else, when you go to work on your next patient or you go to interview your next drum, uh, drummer or rhythmist and you hear a rhythm, you're going to connect it to all of those things that you were doing during that fire. Now, if you have an indoor fireplace, put the drum kit in front of it. A couple feet, you know, obviously far enough away is not going to harm it, but... All of that energy is being shared with all of that wood that you put prayer energy in. Every, every snap of the snare drum, every drop of the cymbal, every action that's unified with the mind that's creating all of these beats and rhythms is still spirit in action. You just need to figure out the internal dialogue that goes with that rhythm. I use a shaman's rattle. That's how I'm able to get into my rhythm. That's how I, I can shake that's how I can shake away the mind whispers of other others trying to project upon me their perspective of what I should do with my skill. You have a tremendous amount of projections from others. And I think the most important one that you should start dealing with in your daily life is the sexual projection energies and the sexual dysfunction energies you run across oftentimes in patients and how it begins to affect you and subtly the relationships around you. Hmm. I did not see that one coming. And it's not and it's not that you have any dysfunctions there. You just are working on people with those dysfunctions. And it is leaving a specific kind of tainted energy that affects other people's triggers. Is that why I have issues uh, in my relationship of uncertainty? Absolutely. 
So by taking a, an actual ceremony that, sa that says releasing the sexual dysfunction energies I may have inadvertently taken on for my 100 clients a month for the last 10 years. It's important that you acknowledge that, that you cleanse all of those concepts. Come up with your own contract revocation that defines what I just said, but from your own words. Mm -hmm. It make a good song, Andrew. Yeah, it would. It would make an incredibly good song. <laughs> That's great. Really, thank you for all the time you guys spent. You're welcome. Any other questions you want to ask? I'll uh, let you go to the next caller. There's a lot to take in. Thank you so much for what you guys do. All right, brother. You take it easy. So our our, ne our next caller is Jeff. Are you there? Yes, I'm here. All right, your voice is a little loud. So back up from the the a little bit. All right. Your I'll try to speak a little softer. All right, it's just your microphone volume. So where are you calling from, Jeff? I'm calling in from Paris, France. Paris, France. Welcome to the show. The music break is going to be coming up in just a minute here, so if you hear the music, uh, just hold on to the line. So how long okay. have you been listening to the show for? I've been listening in since you started this one. I've been following you, Andrew, since uh, last Jan January of 2015. Very, very good. So what was it about the material that, that that's grabbed you to want to call in today? Uh, well, I have a few specific questions, but uh, I've been following uh, everything that uh, you guys have been doing with, with great interest, and, and a lot of it has been very helpful for me, for sure. I've been using a lot of sea salt, for example. <laughs> mm -hmm. You discovered salt that it's pack. really changed your life. It's definitely helped me uh, pull off uh, energy yeah, when I'm resting or whatever, yeah. All right. So what kind of questions do you want to ask? Well, I have this uh, strange pattern that is... Right. Uh, that is that is the music. So just hold sure. on right there, and we'll take it right yep. back there when we, when we come back. All right, everyone, we'll be back right after the music break. And welcome back, everyone, to the second hour of Adventures into Reality. We are going to go back to our caller. Jeff, are you there? I'm still here. All right. So we were talking about uh, uh, what was going on. So go ahead and finish your story. Yeah, I was just going to start uh, asking my first question. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, uh, I'm calling in because I have this uh, sort of long-term health pattern that relates to eye energy. Mm -hmm. that has been going on for quite a few years that, uh, you know, like when, when trying to do work on a computer, uh, I go through these cycles of, uh, it's like the energy, some sort of energy sneaks up on me. I don't know whether what's messing with me, but uh, it seems like everything's going on fine. And then all of a sudden I'm, you know, I, I get these cramping at one point, for example, when I was in school, I had cramps in my thighs. I, I've had two hernias. Uh, related to this, that, that's a ghost. A ghost, I think. So, when did this first start? Well, I've these two symptoms I described: the the cramping of my uh, calf muscles and uh, the hernias. That was more when I was in college. Mm -hmm. 
which was maybe and that's the cramping of your calf tw- muscle. The cramping of your calf muscles represents a deficiency in potassium, and the intestinal tract chemical makeup actually being changed. So that's when the ghost would have came in. I see. And then okay, when did so- when did it change again? Well, um, then then I started working and uh, I got into yoga. And I had a very strange Kundalini awakening experience, and that might have been related to this ghost, as you call it, as well. That is when you repelled it, but it still left. It. A, yeah, you repelled your, your Kundalini wouldn't have awoken with it there. It was too dangerous. It, w- it would have, probably would have killed you. The weird thing is when I had this uh, really, you know, intense Kundalini awakening experience, uh, I felt something like I was pushing me into into the posture. Yes, that was your protective guides that had finally made it through whatever this ghost was trying to do to you in your dream world and confuse you of, of the way the reality was truly working at that moment. Uh-huh. It would have been doing what's called co-wording with you. It would wait for a line in your sentence to alter your, your body gestures, your body language, the inflection of your voice to make you seem like a creep or to change <laughs> your energy. Just at a moment, you're like, why did I do that? Everyone misunderstood oh. me. Yeah. Hmm. And, and uh, so that was maybe 15 years ago that I had this Kundalini awakening experience, but it was it was painful. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of painful energy that uh, dissipated over time, but um, uh, I've had to change careers several times, and now I'm sort of at a state of zero productivity just because... Whenever I try to get working on a computer on, on a computer on a project, you like for you know, look. Yeah, there's some. It, well, I start getting you know weird symptoms, not in exactly the same areas, but I start getting cramping in my body, and then I just have to you know. All right. So what rest. that is is you are now hypersensitive to the electromagnetic frequencies of the Wi-Fi, and then when you create a synapse in your mind to say that I'm going to type whatever it is that the job is at a computer. Because if I write it on hand, I'll still have to reproduce it on the computer. What is it that you do, you generally do? Are you like a code writer? What is it? Well, at the moment, you know, this is my third attempt at a career, and I'm trying to, my passion has always been music, so I'm trying to, uh, recording the music and and writing it is great, but then when it comes to the production on the computer, uh, I just keep crashing. All right, what experience do you have producing stuff on the computer? You mean, what do you mean by what experience? You, have, have you used uh, editing software before this? Oh, um, yeah, I've, I've uh, you know, I'm pretty computer literate, so that's not the problem. I, yeah, I, I've taught myself how to produce, and I think I do it pretty well. It's just more the... The creativity the, the side, ed- the combination side, that's correct. Well, it's this, just the, the energy, my energy just gets drained whenever I start working on the computer regularly. This is the trauma that is still left in your body from the ghost being a part of your parasympathetic. Mm. And I, I talk about this in, 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 in not too many scenarios because it's, it's tough and it's easily misunderstood. So for anyone listening, this is tailored for, for Jeff, this, this particular response of letting go of the body trauma. So your kundalini awakened, so that means 
basically you had a, a succubus come to you. That means a being that looks like it's human, but inside it is another genetic light frequency that allows it to become possessed with the spirit energy that can move in and out of it. And there can be two or three hundred succubuses per, per big city. And they are constantly looking for feeding sources that are not just one feeding and walk away. They're there for 30 years or five years, like fine wine. And you got targeted by this because of what was in your DNA lineage, the potential of what you could do. And by harvesting you to the point that your kundalini awoken to fend it off meant that it was trying to, in a sense, strip mine you of energy. So now all of the astral energies that your childhood built up have this succubus energy all over it. And every time you want to challenge the creativity and bring it in, the succubus frequency is there. And it did this as a psychic pheromone that if you were to get creative, it would have angles into your creativity to once again back, get back into your reality. Hmm. So this is where you have to tailor new forms of sacred inspiration where you've created a sacred bubble of space that's protecting you, that you feel the energy around you so that you can let down inside your energy and begin to heal the trauma the body is experiencing. And the trauma yeah, is the potential of rehaunting. Right. I've been trying to set up a sacred space and, and whatever, but I don't feel like I'm very good at it. <laughs> Have you done the four corners of your bed? Uh, done the four corners of my bed, how do you mean? Uh, have you heard me talk about doing uh, four sacred objects around your bed and that's putting four uh, objects in the corner of your bed that protect your dream space? Um, yeah, I mean, I've, I've, I've gotten much better. Like, I've been, I've been changing my sheets much more no, frequently. No, 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 which no, 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 no. Um, no, no, I know you're not talking about the same yeah, thing. but Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, th this is a scenario where... You can go to andrewbartis.com, and when you sign up, just to give your email, you'll get a video called Ceremonial Teachings, or Essential Teachings. And this will talk about how to make your living space more sacred, so the energies are protected when you're letting down and going to sleep. And this is a ceremony that you're going to create, where you're going to take four objects that are going to represent and create guardians for the, for the four corners of your bed. And these guardians are going to have specific concepts behind them. One will be to protect you as you're going to sleep. Another will be protecting you as you're awakening. One will be bringing all your, your guides and guardians and bodyguards in. The other one will be connecting you to your ancestral homelands and future ancestors. And then okay. you can read contract revocations into them that empower the environment to be dense with your personal light of protection as part of an energetic holographic program you've enabled into these objects. So that when your spirit lets down inside your body, it can expand its aura. In, in yoga, you learn about aura expansion. When you are falling asleep, your aura goes to a certain level. It wants to go to the edges of your personal protective space. Mm -hmm. So as it's expanding, its first core is protected by the four corners of the bed. And at the four corners of the room, if you are truly ready to go to the next level, you'll go also do objects on the four corners of the room and then the four corners on the outside of the house. This will give yeah. you the highest layers of personal protection so that you can create an inner ceremony that reconnects you to your inspiration spirit. 
what sort of objects do you recommend? I've I've done that with with organite, but uh... did you make the organite? No. So that's probably why you're having issues with it. Now, okay. if it's just regular crystals, you could just use regular crystals, rocks from outside of the street. Oftentimes, organite, what its original purpose is to is, is to take negative orgone, negative energy, and convert it into positive. And what that does is it makes a nexus point where things are constantly being attracted to it, much like dust that's rolling across the floor. Inevitably, those that, pieces of organite are going to get very clogged like a computer fan. And yeah. if you don't clean those, it's just intensifying the dirt that's around there. But that, mm -hmm. that's what organite was made to do. When you put it in air, it's meant to recycle energy. You're putting it in ob objects in area that are emanating an energy, pushing away concepts so that that, that that dust doesn't build up. Pranic life is comes in shapes and sizes and it's all around us, and sometimes very dense pieces of prana come to us, especially right. when we're sleeping. Yep. So another thing you may you may decide to do is you also have the four corners of your of your of your roof of your, your room. And if people are really, really having their own troubles, this is where you can take this tailored concept for Jeff and apply it to yourself. So you, you recommend crystals? Crystals for the four the corners of the room on the floor. Now what mm -hmm. you're gonna do is you're gonna tie some strings to the four corners. So you're gonna make like a big tic tac toe sign. Okay. So, and then you're going to get all of the centers, all the parts where it crosses off. You're going to tie another little string, and you're going to hang other objects of prayer, like a feather, like a stone. Mm. Anyone, if anyone has a diamond that they don't use anymore, place that roughly in the center. All sorts mm. of other objects. The key to these objects is before you put them up there, you are empowering your personal victories into them. Those moments okay. in life where you know, ah, damn it, I did the best that I could do. Right. So all of your victories are there as your spirit awakens and is ready to go into dream instead of the negativity that's programmed in the body. Okay. So the next layer here is when you get affected by a suc an incubus or a succubus, a succubus is just a male, an incubus and a succubus, male and female versions is you right. are going to need some form of synaptic realignment, craniosacral therapy, deep tissue massage to get the deepest cores of your body to let go of that old time frequency. Okay. Um, um, craniosacral therapy will, will do once again a, a cranial pulse, and you'll begin to learn why you had such pains during your kundalini awakening, because you have a very, very damaged pelvis and tailbone from birth. When you came oh. through the birth canal, you have deformities because the, it was a very tough birth. And as mm -hmm. babies are plastic, when they, when they got to get older, they took this trauma of birth and at a later date reapplied it to the body. So mm -hmm. you have to find someone that can truly assist you on recreating the right energetic pathways directly from your, your thoracic vertebrae all the way into your tailbone, into your femur. This is what created the superior pain in your kundalini awakening because it didn't have the right pathways to open up and create a lower frequency, a root chakra frequency that glowed where your 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 nuts, your 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 male sex organs are. It is supposed to make the super red glow that makes it much easier to control as it bursts through all the rest of the awakening chakras. Yeah, I've had 
problems with my legs and my hips for sure. Yeah. All right, so I want to bring Kathy in here right now to to take over for Amoyavas because I know she has some more stuff to add. Great. Hello, Kathy. Hi, Jeff. Can I ask, um, when you first had this um, kind of uh, cramping thing, how old were you? Um, I was, I would have to, 20, I believe. And where were you living at the time? I was living in Upper New York State. Okay. And then, from then till now, how many different places have you lived in? Um, well, that was during my, when I was getting my bachelor's degree, and then I went on to get my master's degree in Illinois, and then after that I moved to, over here to France, because I met my wife, mm-hmm. who's French, and, um... Then uh, I lived in two different apartments here in France before moving to, into the house that we're in now. Okay, so that's kind of like five different places then. Different yeah, right. environments. Okay. What do you see outside your place now? What, what is in front of your front door? Um, like when you open the front door, what, what is the view? The view is upon our front gate, a little driveway, some gravel, a big uh, pine tree, mm-hmm. a, a concrete garage, and then there's um, a, um, a, a, a little bit more of a grassy yard to the left. Mm-hmm. And mm, I'm trying to visualize that. Yeah, so is it, it, a, to, is it to, a flat flat walking out or is there a slope to get to your front door? Yeah, there are some steps that go down if you walked out the front door. It faces south and mm-hmm. then right in, right at the bottom of the steps there's some gravel and yeah. then um, maybe 10 meters uh, further on there's a little uh, bit of a driveway and then there's the front gate that you can go out with a car. Mm-hmm. And, and is the, that f- relatively flat? It's quite flat, yeah. Mm. Okay. It's just that there there are some stairs that go up to the front door. Mm-hmm. And in your bedroom, what do you see? How many windows are there? There's one window that faces north. I'm in there now, and uh, there's uh, our the shape of our yard is triangular. So I see partly a a wall, but there's also some raspberry bushes in front, and then a little bit of grass behind that. Mm-hmm. With the wall just behind that, that's kind of diagonal. Mm, and where is your bed in relation to that? Um, my bed, I just moved it incidentally a little bit away from the window. I was getting a, a bit of a draft coming in that I noticed. But my mm-hmm. bed is not that far from the window. It's like uh, a meter away from the, the window with my head facing west. So... On, with your head facing west, there is no window on that side behind Correct. your head. Correct. And then where, where is your doorway into your bedroom in relation to your bed? Yeah, it's on the south wall. It's basically on the southeast southeast corner going into a room south of my room. I'm on the, what, in the northeast corner of the house mm-hmm. on the ground floor. 
Okay, so in other words, when you're in bed, you would have to, let me just visualize, you would have, you would see your doorway uh, to your bedroom on your diagonal right, like the middle right side, is that That's correct? That's right. That's right, mm -hmm. toward the foot of the bed and to the right, yep. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, I'm asking you these questions because environment affects a lot of things as well. Um, right. So whatever you may have brought with you from the beginning that is still being maintained with you can have be you know transferred along. But whether or not your environment helps this or hinders it or is just passe about it, it you know this is what I'm trying to evaluate. Mm -hmm. I would say because of the the issues that are going on with you, is it possible that you could put a barrier like a plant or something between your view when you're in bed to the doorway your uh, bedroom doorway I know it's uh, on a diagonal so you're not directly facing it but still is there yeah is there, it possible is there enough room yeah there's actually a, a desk that's against the south wall that fills a lot of the south wall besides the door and and I could put a plant there yeah right yeah Sort of, sort of in in line toward the door. Yeah. I'd just like you to create a barrier between you. So if you imagine you're lying in bed and you you look up, I don't want you to see the doorway. Okay. Right. So right. whether it's a big bushy plant, a little decorative screen, you know, whatever that is aesthetically pleasing to you, I just like to create that barrier there. Because of what's going on with you, um, you're very sensitive to energies. So I'm just trying to think of a way to decrease the amount of outside interference with mm. you on a day-to-day -day basis and when you're in a sleep mode. Because the more you can decrease, the easier it is for you to maintain and recover from all the works that you will be doing to uh, be your total self, if that makes right, sense. Right. Yeah, okay. When, when you describe your, your front doorway to me, um, I don't see that being an issue. Um, okay. In, in the way you've described your bedroom to me, I would say having you having moved the bed to this location is actually quite a good move. So I guess that one way of looking at it is that instinctively your body must have known to realign itself to something that is uh, more beneficial to you. So now we're just adding another layer to that. Um, where is your, do you have an ensuite bathroom attached to your bedroom? No, I don't. Oh, that's good. Well, that's good. In that case, that would be the main thing that I would say that you really need to do um, in terms of change in terms of your bedroom. Okay. Um, now, describe your kitchen for me as well. Where is the, my, my main interest is where is the oven heat stove thing and where is the taps for the uh, faucets for the water yeah so like i said my on the ground floor of my house my room is in the northeast corner and the kitchen is in the northwest corner mm -hmm. and the oven is against the west wall in the mm -hmm. kitchen mm -hmm. and the sink is on the north wall uh, but toward the northwest corner and there's a there's a stairwell between the two. Okay, so they're not facing each other in that sense. No, they're they're not they're not adjacent. There's a stairwell and a hallway that yeah. runs through the middle of the house. 
Okay, that is good. That is good. I like what you've done there. Then that that actually is good because you you've worked, uh, I guess, subconsciously or unconsciously, on ways that are decreasing the probability of more stuff attaching itself to you, which I like. <laughs> How long have you been in this house? Uh, I've been here for. Oh, I guess that's the break. Yeah, can you just hold on, and we'll get back to you after sure. the music. Thank you. Welcome back, everyone. And just to remind you that you can get a private session with Andrew or myself by contacting Tanakh at Tanakh at GalacticHistorian.com. And we'll get to the bottom of your issues and help you see a better way ahead. So go ahead and contact Tanakh, T-E-N-O-C-H at GalacticHistorian.com. Jeff, are you still there? Yes, I am. So how long have, um, have you been living in your new house? Fifteen years. Fifteen years? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Hmm. What is the layout, then, of the rest of your house? Uh, well, ground floor, uh, like I said, northeast corner is the, the room I'm using as my bedroom. Northwest corner is the kitchen. Southwest corner is uh, a dining room that uh, my wife is using as sort of an office. A southeast mm-hmm. corner is uh, basically a living room, with television, and a couch. You want me to d- describe the do, upstairs? Uh, no. What do you see in your living room? Is there windows there where you watch TV? Yeah, there's a... So it's, what, the southeast corner, There, there's a window toward the south, a really big one, and then a smaller one toward the east. What do you see in the big window when you look outside? In the big window to the south, it's mostly a, uh, a grassy area. There's a little bit of a flower bed. To the right, there's that uh, gravel area that I spoke about. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, to the left of that, there's a, a fairly big yard area, grassy. And there are... Um, so there's a gate around the house to the south side, and um, there are some rather large trees, particularly in front of that area, since you know, in front of the door, there's that gate we use to get mm-hmm. the cars out, but uh, to the left of that, as you're looking south, there's some rather large trees that kind of screen from the, the street. Mm-hmm. When you um, look outside towards that grassy area, is it possible to put any plants there, or is it not practical? Um, well, there are actually, um, there's a flower bed right below the window that you don't see too much, but there's uh, like there's a, there's also a flower bed that's a little bit further on, like maybe uh, five seven meters uh, south of the window that has uh, flowers and uh, a Japanese apple tree that's in bloom right now, by the way, that sort of thing. But can you see that from the big window? Yes, you can. Yeah, the the flower bed that that's right below the window you cannot. But I'm speaking about yet another one that's about seven meters south of the window that can be seen. Yeah. Mm. What color are the flowers? On the Japanese apple tree, they're pink. And then there are some other flowers that are a little bit more 
difficult to see from that window that are underneath that are ver of various colors. Mm. Okay, I'm asking these questions because I think you know, when I look at your energy and the way you describe the layout, it would be helpful if you could put some something there. I mean, the easiest solution is things like flowers that are mm -hmm. red. Red, okay. Like, it could be bushes with flowers in them. It doesn't really matter what kind of flowers. It's the colors that I'm after. Yeah. Because uh, one of the things, again, because you've got such a, a vast um, open area that you see outside your window, um, in some ways it's good, some ways it's not. It's good that it's not obstructed by lots of thorny trees, etc. But then it's it's the way you describe it to me is too much expansive space in a way for what's going on with you in your life. So I'd okay. like to create something there. It's I guess simply put, you can imagine it like a barrier between you and the world outside. Okay. So I don't mean have it seven foot high, <laughs> like a, <laughs> a massive gate, but I want a, a, a stopping point. Like if you can imagine the energy from outside is flowing into you like the ocean, you know, the waves come in, waves come out, not like right. giant waves coming in, just like a normal in-out. So what can you do to disrupt that, that in-out scenario? I see. Um, I see. So, you know, it's not... I don't think a gate or a, or a fence is really going to help in your case. So I'd like you to put something there that you know, the simplest solution would be bushes or flowers that have red in it. Yeah, so okay. That, we, could do, we could do some red flowers at the base of the, those Japanese apple trees, yeah? Mm, because it's... It, um, how can I explain it? It's, so if you were to walk up to your window and you look out there, that's what I want you to see. Right. as an overriding um, vision mm -hmm. because the more that you can do that the more you will create boundaries physical boundaries between you and energy right because you're well, in a I place have... sorry go on well i have trouble with that clearly i've i've sort of uh really pulled 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 back from the world i'm having trouble <laughs> creating yeah. a career for myself and uh... Yeah. But these are little things that you can do on an energetic level that will, over time, you will really notice a difference. So, mm -hmm. for example, having something like this, you're, you're stopping that flow or that um, outside chi coming in all the time because you're, okay. you're in a state where you need to regroup, you need to cleanse, you need to make right. yourself whole. You cannot take the force of that energy at the moment. You know, mm -hmm. like, um, for example... Uh, I'll just give you a uh, big example. Like um, Chinese believe that certain houses or um, certain apartments, wherever, only certain people can live in them because it right. depends when they're born, on your birthday, at that moment in time when you were created and brought into this world, what is your energy and whether or not you can live in a certain place. Um, for example, right. some people cannot live next to the ocean because their energy just can't take that energy uh, life force of the water coming in all the time right you know um and these are extreme examples i'm just trying to use to highlight even though you don't have an ocean there you've still got that energy that's coming in so for you for you to get back to you know being whole with out everything else inside your energy you need to create some sort of barrier and mm -hmm. i i'm looking at red because i can see when you would look out the window and you see red flowers there it would calm you and it will put you back into a place of peace within yourself 
for you that works. So okay. for whatever reason, it doesn't really matter. As long as it works for you, that's all that matters. Yeah, we'll do it. And then once you've done it, as much as possible, get up, walk to the window, and view it. Because the okay. more you do it, the more your body acknowledges that this is happening and gets that um, quick visual to have that inner calm so that mm-hmm. it can continue its day. Okay. I know it sounds a bit strange, but it will make a difference for you. Sure. I'll yeah. do it. <laughs> but I like the way you've moved your bed. That's good. It's good feng shui. Very good. <laughs> well, I, I, I definitely, you know, tried many different combinations in this room to try to find the best situation. So, Is this great. house a very old house? Yes, it is. How old? It was built around, the ground floor was built around 1900. So you need to start doing some ancestral energies there. So there are a tremendous amount of other beings that still in, live in and around that area. And these are not negative beings to you. These are ones just replaying their life frequency. And you are sharing some of their depressions, regressions, and obsessions when you are trying to go through a creative process. Right. It would be a good idea for you to consider... Um, along with your wife, to actually do a ceremony on the house that defines the rules of the house. That they cannot feed off your energy when you're in a form of creativity, and the same with your wife. They cannot feed off her when she's working at her her, um, living room table. Um, When you were describing the house, I was going through and, and counting all that. There are about as many as 60 entities repeating some form of their process in that house. Wow. And that this is common me that you France. say that. This, yeah. this is common in France, though, and Germany, and England, and and many of the other cities that are very old. Right. The right. land's been occupied before, and there was probably a house there before there was a house that you're in. Perhaps, yeah. Okay. As many I, I, when I look, I see like like there's like actually like eight houses roughly on that property you're, you're looking at right there in the last hmm. 400 years. Wow. And is there any relationship? Uh, I'm curious about when you spoke about the ghost. How did the that other happen? ghost, is, it, 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 when you would have got to this place, your kundalini awakening was too too much for it to stay. So it wasn't a ghost. It was again, it was a, a succubus. So oh, it, it, it just went on to find someone else that it was easier to do. It, it was done with you, but it left a frequency within you that makes you very sensitive to other ghost energies. So having yeah, very, this level, very sensitive to, to electromagnetism. Yeah. Yes. So it's important that you start understanding you have a bioelectric frequency and you need to start generating more and more bioelectric frequency. So mm-hmm. it's important for you to start doing heavy lemon water every morning you wake up, okay. um, maybe throughout the day. Um, and understand the amount of bioelectrical frequency you, you create is directly a, the equivalent to how much creation you have in coming in yourself. And you are trying to turn on the dynamo of creation, inspiration, and grabbing that string of consciousness so you can see the potential outcome and a plan so you can manifest your future. Yeah. You are, in a sense, in a spiritual progress to find your job of life but at the same time to try to find yourself. 
you do need to separate those two concepts. One is the spirit you. The other is the manifest you of the now who knows about spirit but must still live in this world, must find a happy balance, a way to find a homeostasis within the mind, body, and soul. Well, yeah, it's only recently that it, it was made clear to me that I need to, to clear out my energy first and, and put, you know, my ideas of career on the back burner, uh, unfortunately for my career. but Well, what, what did you get at your master's and your bachelor's in? Are you there? Hmm. Hello? Are, are you there, Jeff? Uh, no. No, we lost him. No. <laughs> That's the ghost. <laughs> I will not talk about it. <laughs> Too much bioelectric energy coming up. Yeah. Future. <laughs> He's certainly a very interesting, very, very interesting person. Yes. And, and, and this uh, last couple of weeks now, we've been extending some of our, our sessions to get deeper into some of those callers that can be really powerful teachers for other people out there. Mm, yes. And he's a very good example of sometimes the answer is not physical. Right. Jeff, are you back? Yes. I just called back. Sorry, Skype dropped me. It's okay. It was right in the point we're talking about your future. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I missed what you said, but yeah, I'll listen, I'll listen to the, the show on YouTube. Okay, so what is it? What did you get your master's and your bachelor's in? Electrical engineering. Okay, so why aren't you doing electrical engineering? Well, I um, I began working as an electrical engineer, and as I spoke about in the beginning, there was this eye pattern that I just felt more and more drained. I just kept making my lunch breaks longer and longer. Couldn't I just couldn't keep up with forty hours a week in front of the computer, and and I had to quit basically. So you were doing 40 hours a week in front of a computer and not doing electrical engineering, not not the mad scientist stuff you originally thought you might have been doing. Yeah, I was in network planning. There you go. <laughs> no, I wasn't you need doing to technical find, stuff. You need to reconnect to the mad scientist within you, the one that can take a little project and get some joy out of it. Mm. Even if you start looking at them as... Um, electromagnetic frequency sensing devices that you can make on your own or so that you can begin to measure your own bioelectric frequency. Apply some of the mad scientist stuff to the body and understand that some of what's going on here is spiritual trauma and releasing spiritual trauma is very, very important for you. So yeah. seeing an energy healer Whatever modality that you want to, to, to go to would be a very good idea. Um, okay. in, Europe, there's, in Europe, there's holographic kinetics. There's, oh, there's cranial sacral therapy. There's all, all sorts of really, really good ones out there. Pick one mm -hmm. or pick okay. two. And right. go see someone and tell them exactly what it is that you've gone through, you know, in a five-minute conversation and say, right. hey, this is what I'm dealing with. And you can say what, what I and Kathy have said, said also, that it's really draining yourself and you're, you're trying to change who you are and emanate a different energy. Once you start emanating a different energy that has new rules in it, the old mm -hmm. rules are not going to haunt you like they do each day that drain you from the moment-to-moment -moment creation. Right. Okay. 
So have you ever done any kind of energy healing yourself? Have you ever ta- thought about learning it? Um, I've thought about it. I haven't done any yet, but I've done I've done some energy work personally, but with no... all of your knowledge that it took to become an electrical engineer, it is a very simplistic jump into energy healing that will make you hands and feet way better than the average soccer mom going to learn a healing class. <laughs> well, through through yoga postures I became very sensitive to it and I know I know how to move it, I know how to feel it for sure. I would very much recommend that you go out after you've had some energy healing done on you by some of the different styles that you mm-hmm. go and learn your own. Okay. You go to that class. It will ground you with the energy. You have so much knowledge in your head that's not being used. It's creating a, a disresonance frequency in your pattern, and it makes it very hard for you to get into the resonance pattern. Right. Well, I keep trying to express myself through a computer, and it just keeps you know, draining me. So. And don't use a computer anymore. Use a circuit board. Yeah. <laughs> that won't give you Windows errors. <laughs> Okay. Go and go and make a little light setup. Maybe rig your house for a low voltage lighting system that's got a cool little controller that you can use from your cell phone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why not? Exactly. Be the mad scientist. Give yourself a little bit of a budget, or, or go down to you know the French version of Radio Shack and see what you can put together on a budget. Mm-hmm. Another suggestion for you to do is you are extremely low on water energy. Is okay. it a possibility yeah. of you and going and renting a boat and being on the water for a day? Mm. Even if it's a rowboat. Well, yeah, the, the you know the, the Seine, the river that goes through Paris, is not far, so I, I imagine I could work something out. So go and, go and do that. Try to find a way like every... Every month you get as much water energy as possible, actually on the water, not standing next to it. Okay. Okay? This will help ground your biofrequency that's in disresonance with the land energy. So when you return, you have that moving water energy, not the standard disresonance frequency that's constantly around you. Okay. You know, it's like a like the Earth is a capacitor, and it's all of a sudden going to take your density of energy and suck it into the water, and that's the okay. nature of the way energy works. Right. I would even, if you're a little handy bit of a person, go on the internet and look up on YouTube. Let's say how to build a wooden boat out of one sheet of plywood, or two <laughs> sheets of plywood, and make your could, own. Okay. And you'll, you'll could, see many videos where they, people have figured out how to do these hacks where you, you can make your own boat out of, out of one and two sheets of, of, of half-inch plywood and motorize it and everything. And it is your <laughs> little energy vehicle you created for yourself that you can put on, your, on the water yourself. That sounds funny. Okay. Now, there's these other things out there like, you know, like a kayak. And you could put a mm-hmm. motor on it. You could put crystals in it. There are some amazing things that you can do to create moving spirit in yourself. Mm. I never thought of that. Well, thanks. Different way of looking at electrical engineering, isn't it? Right. You can create your own consciousness exploration vessel. Mm. Putting all the sensing whistles that one might have going down the river 
Have you ever thought what kind of electromagnetic frequencies might be floating around the river? Does it detect fish? That's a stream of consciousness you connected into and may possibly have a device in the manifest world of the now that can give you some level of confirmation. Mm. Interesting. Mount a telescope in there. Look at the stars at night while you're moored to a river floating down in the stream. Mm. That's something that I, I enjoy doing, you know, very much. You know, we, I grew up in Cleveland, Ohio, so we access to rivers and lakes was you can spend an entire day on the lake. And right. what we would do is we'd go and put our put our anchor down with like 200 feet of chain, and we'd stay where the river is coming out, where it's just pushing us right in the stream, and we'd fish right. in that energy all night long. And we'd find all the spawning energy, which was mm. amazing to experience. Tens of thousands of fish coming to birth right underneath you. Mm. Or to see the different algaes that create bioluminescence underneath the water. And how your consciousness can occur, encourage it by talking to it. Hmm. Great food for thought. So you have any other kind of questions you want to ask? Um, well, if we had time, I, I would have appreciated going into my galactic origins. but uh, We've got about three minutes. So okay. it, it'll, it'll, be, it'll be too, too short. Kathy, is there anything that you want to add? Well, Jeff, when I look at your energy, to me it also looks like you know, in terms of career and, and finances, things like that, or all things related to career, I'd almost say you've also been looking in all the wrong places. To me, okay. it looks like the things that the things that you've been looking for are too mainstream. You need to find uh, or look for um, something that's more mm, nouveau. That's the and, direction I've been going in, yeah. A, a new in, in, way. In, in my mind, sorry. at least. <laughs> that's the direction I've been going in in my mind at least sorry sorry to interrupt no that's alright um, because I I agree with Andrew you know the mad scientist in you should be released mm. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know at the same time you also do need to think about you know everyone needs to think about finances and money and there's some amount of self esteem that is attached to all that as well so I would say Look for something small, small company, even, uh, you know, just a startup. The money is not going to be the same as you've been looking for, but the interest level will be high. It would be considered nouveau, um, something not tried before. It does call upon the skills that you have, the, um, the information that you have, but not in the way that you're thinking of it. So, for example, if, if you're, you know, looking at all the engineering kind of things, think beyond the box in that case what else do does your skill um uh what is the word uh, serve like um for example i'm just making this up um maybe there's a like a new ice cream shop that's opening up and they need some efficient way to get the ice cream from the container into the cone mm. you know it's like something that you would not have ordinarily thought of Look for that right. and find a solution in your head and then apply it. Because the more you start to look for that, the easier it is going to be for you to find something in this nouveau brand. It will take a little while because you need to get that inventive side of your brain kick-started and to think, 
well beyond the box, like very bendy. You know, think your brain and creativity have to be very loosey goosey. Mm-hmm. But once you do get that creativity started and you start to see the possibilities, that little mad scientist part of you is going to come out and you can have a lot of fun with it. Hmm. Okay. Because that's. Get to it. It's a good way to start back into a path that you would like to go on. But at the same time, it's also going to totally build your confidence and attached esteem back up too because you're like, you know what? I kicked this little job's ass. I can do it. And I'm moving forward. (laughs) (laughs) I own this. (laughs) And, you know, it's a small thing really, I guess, in the big picture. But it's all these, you know, small victories that make one think, I am bulletproof. <laughs> I could use some small victories, yeah. Yeah. And it's just think different to the way you've been thinking. That's all it is, really, is okay. just think how would you present solutions to things that you never would have considered before. Right, right. Okay. Stitch, stitch in glue plywood boats. You will find hundreds of videos, literally. Kids for the last thousand years have figured out how to get glue and plywood and make their own boat. Put their own stuff on it. Put your own electrical gadgeteering stuff on it. Cool. I'll look that up. All right, everyone. Thanks a lot. This has been a special show. We'll catch everyone next Monday. Take it easy, everyone.